millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome to episode 10 of Say Why to Drugs, and the second of our legal high slash new psychoactive substances to parter. If you haven't listened to the episode about synthetic cannabinoids yet, I'd recommend stopping this one now and listening to that one first. But in this episode, Scroobius Pip and I will be discussing synthetic cathinones. These are substances like mephedrone, MDPV, they're known as things like plant food, bath salts, or more recently, flacker. They've got chemical names like for methylmethcathinone, bromomethcathinone, ethylone, bufredrone, methylone, and other really unpronounceable ones like alpha-pyrrolinopentiophenone, uh, flephedrone. I can't even remember if I've said that one now, but they tend to come as a white powder or a pill. But anyway, enough of me trying to mangle those chemical names. Here we go. Pip and I say why to synthetic cathinones. <laughs> Excellent. So this is part two of the new psychoactive substances uh, mini-series within yeah, a series. Yeah, two-part. Like um, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing synthetic cathinones. So the ones that the people in the UK may well have heard of are things like mephedrone. So that was also known as plant food or... I think the newspapers called it Meow Meow yep. or MCAT. In the US, a- it was... MCAT and Meow Meow were the, yeah, the yeah. big names around, weren't they, at the time? It was, uh, it was bath salts. And, yep. yeah, these are all synthetic versions or slight tweaks to cathinone, which is the active ingredient in CAT, which is a... That's K-H-A-T rather than meow meow but you, you can see where the name <laughs> yeah, came from yeah. now right uh, so cat which is a leaf that's that's chewed for okay. sort of psychoactive properties and may well do an episode on on cat specifically yeah so you've got yeah mephedrone flephedrone oh god these names i'm going to struggle <laughs> to read them but there are loads that we that we know of and this is sort of at least they're these amount and they tend to be sort of white or off-white powders that are that are snorted or some people will wrap them in cigarette paper or something yep. and like take what they call a bomb yeah yeah yep. so and essentially these in this in this this two part of the first part was the and again i don't want to use the term legal highs because obviously that's not a yeah, thing. Yeah, but, but that is what these it's drugs a, it's have a common historically note, been known yeah. as, yeah. So the first part was the ones that are trying to replicate 
cannabis essentially or the effects of cannabis yeah. and these ones are the ones that are trying to replicate the effects of MDMA or pills sort of, or whatever else. Yeah, kind of those amphetamines, kind of amphetamines, cocaine, that yeah. kind of stimulant, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, so it's also, you can sometimes get um, synthetic cathinones in, in pills and yep. quite often if you buy MDMA in pills it will probably have some synthetic cathinones in there right. as well or, or may well do. So what do you think the appeal of these synthetic cathinones, these legal highs I mean, are? again, it's a, it's a simple thing that we touched on in part one, but it's, it's the legality of it. It's, it's, it's getting the drugs that, that are illegal to you. It's having that easier access to them. Feeling, again, as we found out in the last episode, inaccurately, um, that they're safer because they're a, a legal version. Well, if that version's illegal, that's probably because it's, it's dangerous, mm-hmm. whereas this version is legal, therefore it's probably safe, which... So, so yeah, all all of those things. But, again, I guess the appeal is the same appeal as we covered in MDMA and in, in cocaine. And in, in those episodes, it's it's that high, it's that energy, it's that a night-out type drug, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So in the UK, the, the sort of particular cathinone that really became popular was methadrone. And interestingly... It was first synthesised roughly around the same time as MDMA in the in the 20s. Right. But it's just sort of coincidence or the way the, the illegal market happened that it was MDMA that became popular and then methadrone became popular much later. Uh, in the US, bath salts tended to be MDPV rather than methadrone, so a slightly different right. substance. And both of them uh, were, yeah, seen as popular because they were legal alternatives to MDMA or cocaine. But actually, both of them became Class B drugs since 2010. So despite the fact that they probably still get referred to as legal highs, they haven't been legal for quite a while yeah, now. Yeah. And yeah, so the short-term effects of these cathinones are similar-ish to things like MDMA, amphetamines, cocaine. Um, and in general, the pharmacological effect that they have on the body is pretty similar as well. Right. But again, these these because there are so many of them and they all have a slightly different effect to each other, it's much more unpredictable when you take them. So yeah. they all have slightly different chemical structures. Um, but this slight difference can actually lead to quite extreme different effects. So some can be much more um, strong effects. Yeah. Um, and for some lower doses of it can reach toxicity. So MDPV is sort of quite a lot stronger as an effect than methadrone and it's exactly like we discussed in the mdma episode why pma was so dangerous when it appeared on the streets instead of mdma if you're used to taking a substance that has a certain effect so in the case of mdma you experience the intoxication after a certain point pma was problematic because it took longer to experience the effect but also you went into toxicity at a much lower dose so people would take a bit not experience an effect and take another dose and risk pushing themselves into toxicity the less you know about what you're taking and it's and it's sort of profile i suppose the easier it is to find yourself in that situation and i think that's part of the problem with these is or the 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 risk with these is the perception because the fact is, if you're buying your drugs off of a shady guy in an alleyway, then there'll be a level of risk, a, a level of caution. Or in general, you'd think there'd be a high level of caution of like, right, I need to, this could be cut with something, this could be that. Whereas if you're buying some, what looks like a brand in a shop, you're going to assume there's a level of 
oh, I don't need to check up on this because there's a level of, of legitimization about them, even though they're not. They've got ridiculous names and they're, <laughs> they're shady as anything. But I don't know, I think psychologically there might be a bit of that. You might be more cautious when you've bought it off some stranger and do half or do this or do whatever else. But if you're used to buying yeah. a pack and doing a pack, then you'll feel that it's safe to keep doing that. When, as you've said, and as we touched upon in the last episode, even within the same brand there can be v- v- variation along mm-hmm. along packs, along batches, along everything else. Yeah. So the sort of pleasurable effects of most of these synthetic cathinones, I mean, certainly mephadrone, which mm-hmm. is the one that has been most, I was going to say most studied in the UK, but there's really very little work still. Yeah. But the the intoxication, pleasurable intoxication effects seem to be very similar to MDMA, the sort yeah. of euphoria, the feeling of openness, but also a bit like cocaine in the sort of... Uh, confidence increasing feeling more chatty and that kind of thing yeah um and some of the negative intoxication effects can be similar as well so again if you snort it you risk sort of hurting your nose your throat and your mouth you might be more prone to nosebleeds if you take a bit too much you can end up with blurred vision hot flushes um like mdma you get this kind of muscle tension in your face and your jaw which can lead to kind of chewing and Mm -hmm. gurning kind of thing yeah um some people have reported that their extremities uh, go blue. Oh, wow. So this might be suggesting that they're getting sort of what's called vasoconstriction. So that's when you're cold, your blood vessels constrict to keep the warmth of your blood sort of inside In your body where areas, you need yeah. it. And so that at the sort of expense of your extremities, it's why if you end up um, going sort of getting somewhere where it's extremely cold, you might... Some people actually lose fingers or toes if yeah. they get extreme frostbite. It's because you, the blood is sort of kept where it's really needed for yeah. the vital things, and your fingers and toes are seen as like the least important bits of you, and the first to yeah. first to go. The first, the first to be sacrificed. No, I've not. I but... should point out that I've not found any sort of scientific research into this blueing of extremities, but it is something that if you if you look at fora where people talk about their drug use, it's something that people do comment about. Right. And it may be related to specific batches, it may be related to heaviness of use, but we just really, really don't know at the moment mm. whether it is truly related to or to this to the use of drugs or whether it's like the sort of self selecting sample that's very difficult to know whether it is actually a true a true cause. Yeah. Um and again like these other uh, stimulant substances, it tends to be an appetite suppressant as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, more longer term, there's really, really little work been done here, so very little is known. Um, there is some suggestion that there might be a psychological dependence for these drugs, mm-hmm. but again, it's something that's that's really, really not known about. I think, again, it's another one where if you snort it, you're probably running the risk of damage to your nose, septum, more long-term. Logical. Yeah. And again, as it's a stimulant, it will almost certainly do the things that other stimulants do. So if you take it a long time for um, sort of heavy doses for over a long period of time, you risk putting undue pressure on your heart, on your circulatory system and potentially on your liver as well because it has to break down Mm. what you you put in your body. But... Yeah, it's it's another it's one where we just really don't know very much at the moment. It's kind of the drugs are developing quicker than researchers can keep up with them. And, it's, yeah. it's so weird that as 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 we keep touching upon the ones that many would perceive as safer um, are these new ones, which we have so little information on. Um, it's interesting the people I know. I remember 
are working with someone. And again, it's it's a weird area for these ones that are or were legal or are perceived as legal. Is there'll be a certain area of people who will take them who wouldn't take illegal mm. drugs because again, I remember working with people who were like, "No, I'd never do this or that," but I take these at the weekend or I get these, and it's like, well. That feels even more risky to me because that is someone I don't know who isn't of the mindset. There's a if 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 you if you're experienced with a variation of drugs, there's a certain mindset, a certain comfortableness. Whereas if you're not, then I think there's a higher risk of panicking of of if things aren't going quite quite to plan. And these seem like the more likely ones that things aren't going to go quite to plan because they're so erratic in that way. Yeah, potentially taking very different things yeah. at, at different times. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's it's an interesting one that sort of the set and the setting, I think, still applies sure. here, that it's what kind of a mood you're in, what kind of expectations you have of a substance will affect yeah. your yeah. experience of being it because it's a mind-altering or like a yeah, psychoactive yeah. substance that's having an effect on your mind. And the, the setting again, so perhaps you would take less care if you thought it was legal that's and it. you assumed I, it was safer. It. I guess more it's that expectation is you're going to assume it's not going to do anything that bad yeah. because it's, it, it, it's legal. Whereas, again, you're going to have more caution with anything that's illegal because you're going to be like, right, well, it's illegal, therefore there's that certain mindset that makes you feel it's a bit more dangerous or a bit more caution, I guess, is what I'm trying to yeah. stumble around mm. in this moment. Although, interestingly, so I was reading, um, rereading, I should say, because I've read it many times, but David Nutt's book on the train on the way up mm -hmm. to, to record these podcasts, and I, he, there's a whole section in it on methadone, which is really yeah. interesting. And one of the things that he talks about is that actually um, hospital admissions for, for cocaine problems went down quite dramatically while methadone was popular. Right. And um, people being thrown out of the armed forces for uh, cocaine use also went down during this period. Right. And so he sort of interprets this as actually, if we could say methadone rather than taking a synthetic cathinone and it being one of many different things, which all might have a slightly yeah. different yeah. effect, which is harder to do, but potentially methadone might be a safer alternative, still not safe, but harm so, reduction yeah. wise, potentially yeah. it could be less That's dangerous than something like cocaine. But uh, this is again, this is like taking two things that happened at the same time and trying to say that one caused the other is, is something that I don't think we're in a position to be able to do. It's an interesting observation that perhaps this might be the case, but yeah. we're a very long way from saying that definitively. And again, it's tough with all of these. The the perceived legal and the, the clearly illegal is um, that it's so hard to say that you're getting that specific one yeah. or you're getting this specific one, particularly with these, though, because they're such a... They're all marketed as the same thing yeah, when they're exactly. not. I think that's the thing more here. With cocaine, you know it's cocaine. You know it might be cut with stuff, but it's cocaine. Mm. Whereas these, it's pretending it's the same thing when it's not. It's a huge or a wider variation of, yeah. of things. Well, they, I mean, they were certainly all developed with the same kind of idea in mind yeah. of to try and mimic the effects of, of cathinone. Yeah. So... And the way to get round... Well, what the people who were developing them thought they were getting around the legality of it by slightly altering the molecule, meaning that it wasn't the one that was banned. It wasn't banned. the one that was... The so that's that why list. there yeah. are so many of them, because as as sort of the authorities or whoever found out about one and took steps to stamp, stamp out that one, they would just slightly alter it and another one would appear. But the slight alterations are the things that can lead to quite 
unpredicted or an unpredictable effects because at the molecular level it's very hard to then predict what the effect the global effect on a human being will be yeah and yeah. these things were happening at quite sort of quick turnaround so it's a very very risky thing to do is to develop a new molecule and just and flood the market with it completely and, and again i particularly remember hearing in in America where again that old drugs battle thing is so huge in particularly with things coming up on on band list on sports and stuff like that but mm-hmm. so, so many of the same brands that you'd look at if you took a sample over f- five years the variation of what's in there it's changed completely mm-hmm. like there's no relation to them two drugs because of exactly that they've changed that thing and yeah. then the, the 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 legality side has come along and gone right and now that's banned so you may think you're taking even even within one brand it's the same thing but it's changed almost unrecognizably yeah yeah absolutely and so there are a few myths surrounding yes. mephedrone as well so um it was one of those substances that became the the moral panic substance of the I was of say, the hour the term meow meow was was the the tabloids red rag for a, a a good while like yeah. everything was being blamed on that and it was this hugely it was killer drug kind of yeah well so i mean it? it was literally <laughs> reported as a killer drug yeah there yeah. were these two boys in in scunthorpe who died and it was widely reported that they'd taken yeah. taken mephedrone but actually they were they'd they'd drunk a lot of alcohol and if they had taken mephedrone as a stimulant then it might have actually counteracted some of the effects of alcohol yeah. but what they'd taken perhaps because they got the names confused is they'd taken methadone which is what's prescribed as a sort of substitute for heroin for people who are trying to get off heroin so it's another opioid based um depressant so so yeah it's extremely dangerous to take alongside alcohol extremely extremely dangerous to take alongside alcohol right and but again understandable because there are incredibly similar names on the methadone and methadone then Yeah. yeah and I think we talked about this when I was a guest on on your podcast yeah. as well. This media reporting these things before any toxicology reports have been done and that yeah. kind of thing. And this happened quite a few times when it was um, around these kind of synthetic cathinones in the states. There was the uh, the Causeway Cannibal, which we definitely talked yeah, about when yeah. I was on your podcast yeah, about yeah, the definitely. the guy in Florida who. Um, had some sort of episode on on a causeway on a big road and um, attacked another man and sort of basically. Bit his face, bit his face, yeah, possibly yeah. off. It was quite yeah. extreme, and it was widely reported that he'd taken bath salts, so a type of synthetic cathinone. Yeah. But by the time the toxicology report came back, most people had forgotten about the story, but it didn't show any synthetic cathinones in his system at all. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, and we discussed on the podcast at the time. It'd be beautiful if if there could be a news that is the news four days later, yeah. or the news or last week's news that's actually. Just stating we're not going to be the first on these stories, but we're going to be actually researched and have actual information. Mm. But sadly, even since we did that episode, which was a year or so ago, it's even further away from ever being likely because of how how social media has become such a big outlet for news outlets. Mm. There's such a competition to be the first to report on everything so that your story is getting spread everywhere without the actual, yeah, the facts... And people people are really keen to to guess. I mean, you saw it with when Prince died. That yeah. Everyone was really keen to say what had happened before before away, yeah. the toxicology reports had actually come back. And it's just it's just really unhelpful. And I got 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 really annoyed at that point. I mean, I, I'm I'm a massive Prince fan, so I had a, a lot of my mates kind of message go, 
have you heard though it's probably it's, it's meant to be this it's like mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's not wait. discuss yeah. it let's not discuss it it's not I don't want to hear what it, it probably is in fact I don't particularly want to know what it is do you know what I mean? yeah. it's not my business yeah. it's someone else's <laughs> business but still yeah it's even worse the yeah the mystery or the yeah the theorizing around it yeah um uh, possibly my favorite myth which actually now sounds a bit sadistic but, um, <laughs> so there was a report in the sun that um a boy had uh, ripped off his testicles while high wow. on methadrone wow and what this came from was that uh someone wrote it on a forum to see if any news organizations would pick it up really duly uh they obliged yeah, so, so yeah, completely simple. made up entirely to see if, if it would get picked up by the media. And yeah, shows the lack of research, but the excitement to to panic over over a new drug. And again, yeah. that's the that's the risk on both of these parts, on part one and, and part two of these newer drugs, really, I guess, or in the wider market, is that where we can sit here and discuss them and have such... A little information about them that also allows for more um, conjecture about them, yeah, and more and more theorising and panicking in a, a negative way in in the media, in the tabloids. Because both of these episodes have been two of the the most negative we've done really about a drug. There's not really been much positives to say yet. Mm. There's still myths at the end to dispel because they're not accurate. Showing <laughs> although we can sit here saying, yeah, these seem like bad news. It's still. But still, you can't go as far as these papers are going. Again, that they, they, they make you bite people's faces off, yeah. or they make you rip your testicles off. It's like no, yeah. there's n- nothing to support that in any way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or in fact, the, when these events have actually happened, it turns out that drugs haven't been involved at all. Yeah, and yeah, I I worry slightly maybe that some of these episodes are going to be quite short. But I would rather that it was short and to the point than we end up ourselves going Theorizing into. F- conjecture because as you say it's it's not helpful we need to sort of stick to what we know be clear about what we don't and then we can add to it as more information is more more evidence becomes available completely and particularly with these new drugs and the the kind of the the new i don't know if it's a new enthusiasm but certainly the new or something that i'm new to is the amount of testing of all sorts of of recreational drugs for benefits going on at the moment mm. in the UK, in the US, all around the world. All of these are things that can be addressed again at some point. So as I said, I, I think you're completely right in that it's better to be short and succinct of, look, here's what we know. It's not much. Yeah, That's why it's going to be a shorter episode. Things like um, the uh, uh, hallucinogenics episode, there's a lot of research has gone into that, a lot of studies, so we can talk about that that for a long time but that's exactly the point of the podcast is that it's it's the facts yeah. and if the facts are we don't have many facts then, then it's that whole thing yeah. <laughs> of the bbc in the 60s when they came on air and said there is, is no news today yeah. <laughs> which is it has never happened since and will never happen again because we need to, to fictionalize news if necessary yeah. but it's exactly that it's better to have that open openness and honesty there cool awesome perfect <laughs> There we go. Thanks again to Professor Harry Sumnall for his help on this episode. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, this is the last episode I've currently got recorded with Pip. So there might be a small gap between this and the next batch, but rest assured that more are on their way. So while Pip and I synchronise our diaries, I'm hoping to bring in some little bonus episodes. I've got some plans afoot, but nothing for definite yet. So watch this space. 
if you subscribe, then any of these bonus podcasts will get automatically downloaded as and when uh, they appear. Hint, hint. In the meantime, let me know what other substances you want us to tackle on this podcast and come and join the Facebook group if that sort of thing appeals or continue to get in touch on Twitter. And once again, thank you all for embracing this podcast over the last 10 episodes. The reception's been more than I could have dreamed of and for the most part, extremely supportive. And we've even been shortlisted for an award from The Skeptic magazine, which is absolutely mind-blowing. So thank you again. Thank you very, very much. And do join us soon for some more Say Why to Drugs. Bye. You've been listening to Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr Susie Gage. The music and editing were by Jim Murray. The artwork is by at my name is Ad. Say Why to Drugs would not have been possible without the generous support of I'm a Scientist Get Me Out of Here, the Medical Research Council and Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces Network. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.